Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Season two of Freelance to Founder is brought to you by Andco. At Andco, they pair you with a real-life human being and a cutting-edge app to help you start, manage, and scale your freelance business. To learn more and try Andco free today, visit and.co. That's A-N-D dot C-O. Season two is also supported by Audioblocks. We use Audioblocks to find unique, quality music for the stories we tell on Freelance to Founder. And now you can get access to their library of over 130,000 sound clips for just 99 bucks per year by visiting audioblocks.com slash founders. That's audioblocks.com slash founders with an S. Now enjoy this episode of Freelance to Founder, brought to you by Milo. In 2008, a few months into me working there, there was an economic downturn across the whole economy, basically. And at Boeing, they decided they were going to lay off, I think it was like 7,500 or 10,000 employees. So fairly big chunk of people and in my role in the financial job that I had I had a spreadsheet that was every single person at the location I worked at was about 600 people and how we were gonna get that 600 people down by 40 people in you know the next six months and that spreadsheet and going through the process of seeing all these managers fight for their employees and their livelihoods and their families and mortgages and all that stuff that really made me rethink my whole strategy of what do I want out of a career and how stable is working for another company really. For Milo, I'm Brandon Hull, and this is Freelance to Founder. In this episode, you'll meet Caleb Wojcik. He's the videographer behind numerous videos you've probably seen online. And I literally mean behind those videos. If you've watched anything from fizzle.co, from Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, or from Sean McCabe from Episode 1, for example, Caleb is the man behind the camera. As you can tell, that's not how he got his start, however. 
You're really going to enjoy this episode as Caleb will talk about how he decided to finally break off on his own, how he settled on a target audience for clients, how he approaches pricing, and how his aversion to risk influences his business decisions today. Caleb grew up in a family where his mom worked at a hospital and his dad was an entrepreneur. Larry Wojcik was a photographer who also organized and played in big bands. Now, by organizing big bands, I mean he was involved in running every aspect of the business end of his band, including subcontracting all of the other musicians and singers, setting up the shows, doing all of the teardown, and managing all of the equipment. The seasonality of his dad's business had an impact on Caleb's upbringing. I'll let him tell you about it. I want to give you this glimpse so you can consider for yourself how your upbringing has possibly impacted how you view becoming a founder or how you go about leading your business today. Caleb, take us back in time. I saw how much time and effort my dad put into that business, and I saw how cyclical it was with living in a more touristy area of the country, and that had a major impact financially, I know now, maybe at the time I didn't really realize it, but it had a major financial impact on my family. And so having that kind of freelance, uh, staggering kind of income levels, at least coming from my dad's side of things versus my mom's maybe more salary-based income, it, it put a strain, I know, on my parents' relationship uh, in one way. And my parents actually ended up getting divorced and it wasn't specifically for money and stuff, but I know that that was an impact on it. And so my mindset growing up was a little bit, I really want to have a stable paycheck. Can you relate here? Whether your parents' careers had direct impact on you or not, we all have some degree of need for security and safety. Can't really fault Caleb for that now, can we? It's also what schools teach us, isn't it? Everything is geared towards going to work when you graduate, not starting something. I want to work for a big company that's safe. Maybe it's a little cushy. I don't necessarily care too much about what I'll be doing. You know, I kind of live my life outside of work hours. But I just wanted to be set up to have savings, have retirement planned. I wanted to be able to just afford to have a family and live the life I wanted to live. And I was willing at that time to kind of sacrifice what it was that I was doing. As I was in college and I was trying to decide a major, that's when this really came to fruition and I had to figure it out was I actually picked two majors and I have two bachelors. One is in supply chain management, which is in the business college at Michigan State University. And that was like my safe bet. I knew that the school always ranked really high across the country. It was always number one or number two. And so I knew companies that were bigger needing supply chain needs, needing logistics, you know, manufacturing companies like car and plane companies, as well as computer companies, things like that. I knew they would be recruiting at my school. And so that was my major to get a job. And I remember having a specific conversation one of the first weeks I was in school with this kid I sat next to that was also in the Honors College, and he knew that he was going to do that major, and his his reasonings were pretty similar. And it's kind of crazy how that conversation impacted what I ended up doing for school and then my first job out of college. But I also had a second major in telecommunications, which allowed me to do a lot of digital media and technology things like 
worked at a sports studio for a while and did some filming and editing there, learned web design, some audio engineering, real, real basic stuff. I didn't go deep into that, but that was my kind of fun major that was more aligned with what I like to do. And all I heard in that realm of the TV and film and video and tech world was it's really hard to get a job. You have to work your way up. You have to be like a personal assistant and get people coffee. And I didn't really want to start out at that. So I just decided to go full bore into my business degree. And that was basically my first job out of college. So Caleb went off to work for Boeing, as he mentioned at the outset, and he had the experience where he saw the names of employees slated to be laid off. All of this isn't a complete surprise, though. It's the 2000s we're talking about here. And working for more than one company is the norm. Caleb didn't depart Boeing immediately, though. I knew that working at a big company for 30 or 40 years, in this kind of environment, economy, and for my type of life that I want to live is maybe not the best together. So yeah, I decided that I wanted something else and it took me a long time to figure that out. It was years later that I actually left my job at Boeing and I had tried a bunch of things. I tried making a video game with my friends. I started blogging about personal finance and just reading books on entrepreneurship that I would get at the library. And I just tried a bunch of different stuff and eventually was able to find a job working for a blogger. Whoa, working for a blogger? What a huge change of pace in one's career. Caleb wasn't ready to go out on his own, despite the side pursuits he mentioned putting his fingerprints on, and he did a very small amount of freelancing, mostly in web design. So he went to work for Corbett Barr, the writer running the highly successful blog, thinktraffic.net. Yeah, and I mean, even now, I mean, we're recording this in 2017, it's maybe a little bit more normal to work for a blogger. Like, blogger is more of a profession for certain people or maybe not the whole world thinks that but i know that's something that a lot of people that i'm friends with are trying to change you know trying to make blogger a legitimate word as a profession but in 2011 it was it was a little riskier i would say what going to work for corporate did do for caleb was develop numerous skills tied to building an online and a virtual business It opened his eyes to what someone can accomplish with digital versus the traditional offline corporate world. Corbett and Caleb later teamed up with Chase Reeves as they built Fizzle.co. Fizzle is a series of online training courses and a vibrant community of people eager to build their own online businesses in whatever niche or industry. And by the way, you're going to hear from Corbett and Chase together in episode 8 of this season. After working with uh, Corbett at Think Traffic and then eventually Fizzle and then alongside with Chase and then uh, when my friend Barrett Brooks joined us. One of the coolest things about working at Fizzle was seeing and helping to support all these entrepreneurs that were trying to make it work or had made it work and using them as case studies to help more people. And I felt like that job and that role that I had was an amazing bridge for me to go from my day job at a nine to five at a huge corporation to then being exposed to this world of entrepreneurship and seeing all these different ways that people were doing it and making it or trying to make it work. And I didn't really go into that job or even helping to start Fizzle 
thinking about what my next thing was. But over time, all this stuff that we were helping people with, I was starting to get that itch of I want to run my own thing and in a way kind of prove that I can do it. And I was also just getting very interested in video production as that was one of the things I did at Fizzle was I would film courses and I also took on a load of editing more of the projects there as time went on too, capacity-wise. So I was just getting more and more interested in video production and I just wanted to kind of do it on my own. And I think there's also just the feeling of you want to you want to run your own thing you want to you want to be in charge and you want to do that so i just kind of wanted to try it and you know there's never a perfect time but that was a time when i was ready to do it so caleb left fizzle and his friends corbett chase and barrett brooks but on great terms and he still works closely with them today We're going to pay some bills here with some tremendous sponsors from Preston. But on the other side, I want to tell you about how Caleb found his first clients, how he focused his list of services, and how he views the future of growing his business. You know, we also see a lot of questions on pricing in the Millow Facebook group. So we dove into that in depth with Caleb. His wife, Jen, has her own photography business, so he's still doubled up on applying the principles he shares here in a moment. Season two of Freelance to Founder is brought to you by Andco. At Andco, they pair you with a real-life human being and a cutting-edge app to help you start, manage, and scale your freelance business. With Andco, you can create contracts, send invoices, track time, manage your expenses, and get paid online quickly and simply just by connecting your bank account. The best part of Andco is getting paired with a chief operator, a real human being who's there to help whenever you have questions about your freelance business. To learn more and try Andco free today, visit and.co. That's A-N-D dot C-O. Season 2 is also sponsored by Audioblocks. We use Audioblocks to find unique, quality music for the stories we tell on Freelance to Founder. And now you can get access to their library of over 130,000 sound clips for just 99 bucks per year. Plus, they'll throw in access to their very popular stock video site, Videoblocks, absolutely free. It's all part of their creator-to-creator offer going on right now for a limited time. To grab this offer before it's gone, visit audioblocks.com founders. That's audioblocks.com slash founders with an S. Now enjoy the rest of this episode of Freelance to Founder. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. 
Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. I felt like I was pretty similar to the people we were trying to help inside of Fizzle in that I was taking risks as well. And I didn't know where income was coming from in two months increments down the line. And I felt like I was exactly who we were trying to help at that point. And some of the fears that I felt of whether I'm going to be able to do it, you know, I leaned on other people inside the Fizzle community or peers that run their own online businesses and asked them their opinion on what I should do and how I should do it and if they had recommendations for any clients and that sort of thing. But I had a long enough transition time of about six or seven weeks to finish up some projects that in that time, I really just focused on how am I going to get money in the door at the beginning of running it on my own. You know, I needed to pay rent. I needed to help pay for groceries and health insurance and all the different things. And if I didn't know the exact needs of who I was going to reach out to, it would have just been a bunch of casual conversations like, oh, cool, congrats. Like, I'll I'll let you know if I need anything. But when I went to the list of 10 or so people, I had a very specific idea or need that I knew that they wanted fixed. I chose who I wanted to work with video-wise at the beginning based on who I already knew and who might be familiar with me from Fizzle. And I basically bought, I actually had the domain, but I built a website from scratch. I remember staying up late the night before the announcement that I was going to leave Fizzle so that I had some sort of website that showed what I could do for clients. To me, that was legitimizing what I was going on to do. And choosing my target market was just based on my network that I've been building over the past three or four years is people that run blogs or podcasts or YouTube channels or have courses or books they've written and this kind of online entrepreneurship or some software startup companies that service those people that help them sell digital products, grow an email list and what have you. So that was kind of my target market of the people that I wanted to help was who had I already built a network of. So you can see that Caleb broke off and he focused on job number one, finding clients and getting revenue in the door. It's one thing to know what type of work you want to do as a freelancer or a founder. It's another to have a crystal clear idea of who you want to do it for. You should be able to picture it really well. Clearly, Caleb had that dialed in. He also had that other thing squared away, that whole what services do I provide thing. 
And then the solution that I was trying to solve was in various ways, shapes, and forms. It was launch videos, things like Kickstarter or sales videos for courses or books, live event coverage. A lot of people wanted interviews where they would sit down in person and do long kind of podcast length interviews, but in person and all the different kinds of videos that people would need that run their own online entrepreneurship business. That was what I was going to help people with. So it wasn't a very specific niche, but it was specific enough that I knew people that I could reach out to that knew me from fizzle or at least knew of me if I've never met them. All right. So there's your attack plan. Go after potential clients who may know you or know of you and who fit the mold of your target client so you can do work you're going to be good at. But what about how to price your services? We cover this with others in season two. It's an important topic for both freelancers and founders. So how do you make sure that you're not giving away too much in terms of profit, but also not turning potential customers away by being greedy? Caleb has advice that's come from his own and others' experience here. That's kind of my way of turning down work is, you know, pricing it to a level that maybe they're not willing to to pay for, but maybe that's a price that we're willing to do it, even if it's not something we want to do ideally or something. That's kind of my way of saying no. I think when you're thinking about pricing at the beginning of starting your business, it's really hard to draw the line in the sand when you need you know, to, to eat and to keep the roof over your head. It's important to try not to give up too much just because someone wants to negotiate. I always try to, with price, if they're wanting to pay less, then we figure out how we can still reach their goals while changing the scope. So that means maybe it's less time filming or it's an easier edit during the process or they take the responsibility of planning the video more and scripting it fully or what have you so whenever possible i try to negotiate price by you know removing things that were in the initial proposal but it's really hard when you're getting started to to do that and to kind of stick to it so what i recommend people do is you know maybe they just have a percentage where it's like I won't go below 70% or something and it's also helpful when you do go down in price after saying let's say you were doing something for 10,000 and you are ending up doing it for 5,000 kind of set the stage with that client that you're willing to do it at a discount for xyz reasons and if you're going to do another project with them it'll be at your full prices and that kind of sets the expectation for if they refer someone to you also All right, so this whole pricing thing, it can be sticky. How you handle it is as much art as it is science, but Caleb can definitely help you think through it a little bit more scientifically. It's important to know why you're taking a job, and there's kind of three reasons why I take a project, and someone else has told me this as, as a framework, but I really like it. And it's, you do it for the money, you do it for the people and the connections or you do it for the creative part of it which to me that's like okay i will like doing it and this will also look good in my portfolio so whenever possible i try to have at least two of those things um you know at the beginning maybe you know you just do it for the money you just kind of need to get started but 
then there needs to also be projects you do that maybe make zero money, but that are the create creative things that you want to make because those things that you can point to will help you get things for pay closer to doing all three of those things, you know, with who you want to work with, doing something that you enjoy creatively and also getting paid well for it. So that's kind of the pinnacle of doing all three of those things. But at the beginning, you need to maybe do projects for just one of those three reasons. And that means taking things that maybe aren't fun to do and aren't paying you the amount you want, but you know, you got to get money in the door. Then doing some projects with people you really want to work with, but maybe they can't afford your full rates or it's not a very creative thing. And then going to do something super creative that maybe you put together and you are the director of that is just a portfolio piece that you can point to and say, this is what I'm capable of or my business is capable of. And I don't think that ever stops either because even if you're making all the money you want to make, if you're not creatively fulfilled or you don't enjoy the people you work with, you might still need to do some creative projects on the side just so you don't get burned out or get jaded by the industry or what you're working on. It's even if you're really into something, if the creative part's not there or the people aren't there or the money's not there, you're gonna get burned out and you're gonna end up doing something else. Caleb Wojcik is one of the most well-liked people in the online business world. He's a creative with a lot of heart and a lot of good ideas that have sprung from his own actual work at Fizzle, as well as the Fizzlers themselves. That's what they call members of the Fizzle community. That doesn't mean he entered into any of this lightly. Remember way back in the earlier part of this episode when Caleb said he realized he wasn't long for the corporate world? Though that proved to be true, it doesn't mean it's been easy to grow the business that now bears his name. I'm a very, very risk-averse person, and I do things that are pretty much safe. Like, I prefer not to go on roller coasters, and just, like, putting myself in a position of not being in a safe environment, I guess, like, physically, so, like, walking to the edge of a cliff when we're out hiking or something to that effect. And so that carries over into business, and as I've been building my company over the past two and a half years, I've tried to grow it slow and grow it slow in the kind of expenses front you know i could try to grow as fast as i can in the get more clients and make more money kind of thing but i've tried to just put all the money that i would make beyond the salary that i kind of dreamed of at some point when i was first starting anything beyond that is just kind of going back into the business into equipment and assets and filmmaking stuff that helps me make a better product, make better quality videos for my clients, or into building the team slowly. So I hired one person for a few hours a week, and then that's grown all the way into a full-time role, and then slowly building up what I paid them each month until I met the salary that they kind of dreamed of. Um, And then when I got close to that, it was time to hire the next person at like five hours a week and slowly work my way up. I'm just really risk averse and having a business that's not huge on recurring income, like a software as a service company or some other kind of business. I'm just kind of risk averse to bring on someone full time and not necessarily have the cash flow for sure. And so I've just kind of slowly been building it and getting bigger projects and 
getting better at doing videos within the company and learning how to be a manager and not just a solo person that has to do everything. That's those are kind of my my growth pains. Is okay. I don't want to hand this off because I like doing it, but it's the best thing for the company. Or I feel like I'm good at this thing, but do I really need to be doing it? And those are kind of the the growth pains that I've had so far. But at the same time, I'm trying to fight against growing for the sake of growing and change just because, and being happy and content with the size of the company and the work that we do and what we're, and the business I'm trying to build is currently all virtual. And so it used to be in person. The person I have doing my video editing used to live right by me, and it was easy to you know share hard drives and stuff, but. They moved to another state, and then the next person I hired also lived close to me, but they're moving to another state, and it's just kind of going to be a virtual company, and that's a whole another struggle of how do you manage and have company culture, and not just you know get on the phone call to talk work when something's wrong, but how do you build that camaraderie a little bit more all virtually? It's a whole entire different ballgame than in person, so that's another thing that I'm also working on figuring out too i remember reading books in college from the library it was like 70 interviews with people that had completely different jobs and they would talk about what their days were like and it was i think it was called like what should i do with my life or something to that effect and so i was searching for a long time and even now like i i like what i do running my company but maybe i want to run it in a little bit different way or maybe i don't want to travel as much for my work so i want to hire people to film in those locations or who knows what but it's kind of this constant improvement thing that's ingrained in me that also kind of drives my wife crazy because she'll be like why is the stapler in this drawer now and i was like oh because it's closer to the paper and it's like you're always changing things and it's like well that's just kind of that's just kind of me i like improvement i i like rearranged all the furniture in my dorm room for to like optimize it for hanging out and doing homework and I was just like I'm a kind of person that likes to change and optimize and make things better and so that's that's part of why I don't work in a day job anymore at a, at a corporation. I'm very very interested in the things that I do and I have more ideas of things I would be interested in the future but looking back at where I came from or if I was looking at myself in that day job back in my cubicle, this would have been the dream. My name is Caleb Wojcik. I'm a filmmaker, a YouTuber, entrepreneur, and I just love filming stuff on camera. The best way to stay on top of the stuff that I'm working on is right now my YouTube channel, putting a lot of my energy into that. So if you look up Caleb Wojcik on YouTube, you'll find it there. Or uh, you can find me also on places like Twitter and Instagram that I'm also pretty active. There you have it, friends. That is Caleb Wojcik. And you've just enjoyed episode number four of season number two of Freelance to Founder. We'll talk to you again in episode number five with Becca Cordes of Happily Ever Crafter. Be forewarned. Her story is going to motivate you to get going today with ramping up your freelance project or your new business. So, uh, yeah, I made an Instagram account and I started posting my work and it just kind of went crazy after that. Um, 
I just started using the Instagram hashtags and everything and people started finding me and following me and then um, it just grew and I I uh, actually got contacted by the teacher who taught me and she asked me to start teaching with her. So that's how I got into teaching. Finally, you know what's coming here. We want you to subscribe to Freelance to Founder. You can do that by hopping on over to FreelanceToFounder.com and jumping on our email list, then clicking the appropriate button in the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed Freelance to Founder, no, don't send us your money. No, 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 no. Just leave us an honest review at iTunes. That'll do it. For Millo and Freelance to Founder, I'm Brandon Hull. 